to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Join me tonight, we got Devin. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Devin. And we got Rob. Hey, guys, it's me, Rob. So, fellas, we don't really have a topic this week. We're just going to kind of shoot the shit, talk about whatever comes up, maybe even talk about what we want to plan to do for the rest of the month for SU. Uh, I kind of... going for two weeks. I, I kind of didn't mind... Uh, like doing that for like last month, like having kind of like a layout that seemed less stressful going into the week of. <laughs> it did. It did. Um, I mean, I definitely still did wanted to do Thanksgiving one and Thanksgiving three. We can make those just one one a week instead of stretching over two and just watch both those movies and all that, that craziness. That's fine, and I mean, we are in the month for Thanksgiving, are we not? So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be thematic. So why don't we plan to do that one? Uh, I mean, when is Thanksgiving? That's the third Thursday. Third Thursday. So that'll be the eighteenth, I think. No, it's twenty fifth. Oh, it's twenty fifth. Yeah, it's always the last Thursday of the month. Twenty fifth, the last Thursday. Well, then why don't we plan on doing Thanksgiving one and three uh, that week? That's fine. Uh, we can either we can watch like you know one that week and then we can watch uh, you know one the week prior or whatever. That works for me. Because <clears throat> I don't know I I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna be willing or able to handle that much excitement of two of those movies in one sitting. I, I agree. <laughs> so, I agree. I think they're gonna have to be spread out for uh you know our own sanity's sake. I agree. But we can always do that. We can do the one recording on both of them. We'll just spread out the watching of them. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we need to do. Uh, I don't think we need to do two. Ep- two weeks worth yeah. of episodes for yeah. killing. I, I really don't. So I mean, this week this will be coming out Friday on the fifth. So this week will just kind of be like our setup for the rest of the month. Uh, so we got Thanks Killing one and two. That's going to be for our SU episode for the twenty sixth. So now we just need to come up with two ideas real quick off the top of our heads for the 12th and the 19th, fellas. Then we're good for this month, too. Okay, Rob, what do we got? Uh, You're always saying that you want to do something other than movies or take a break from movies every once in a while. Yeah. You, you got an idea of when we can do for the 12th and the 19th? I'm putting you on a spot here, boy. I know you are. This, I had no warning that I was supposed to come up with something. So eh, Just off the top of your head. Uh, I would insert cricket noises here, but you know how I feel about crickets. I mean, I would say we could do like a review of the games that we played for the Halloween stream, but Devin didn't get to try the new ones. That's true. You you can still talk about that now. Yeah, I mean, that could be something we do today. 
uh, just uh, kind of I'd... discuss the games. And uh, actually, you know what, Rob? Since I have you on the spot, I'm going to give you a little bit of a reprieve uh, because the Halloween stream is your baby. It is it is something that you decided to do years ago to start up? Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the listeners uh, for those of them who maybe did come out and listen to a little bit of the live stream but couldn't stay the entire time. How did we do on the live stream? How how, how, how was it overall? Plus, Devin wasn't there, so we can update Devin. Uh, I mean, I think it went really well. We had a lot of fun. There's a lot of laughing. I I didn't explode during uh, uh, Dead by Daylight. I I got grumpy, but I didn't overall be like, "Fuck this game, I'm done." You did get you got well, well. You get. I you did, did say get, I'm never playing it again. Yeah, but I you did get grumpy enough. Where... Voice. That was more of a matter of fact. I yeah. was just like, "I'm never you playing this again." Every year, then you play it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I he got. Let me, he got grumpy this year enough to the point where I told him I'm refusing to let him put it on the docket for next year. So. Uh, but anyway. Rob, I mean, I've said this before. Just because you put it on the docket, it you can sit the session. You can sit that session out. You don't have I to am play. in control of this. I don't know how John is like, I did this Christmas tree, but I'm not going to be in half of it. I, just, I can't. I have to be in all of it if I'm the one that's in charge. I mean, you can be there. I'm not saying don't be there. I'm just saying you don't have to be... Right, in- you can be on the call, but not actually like participating. Yeah, but then I'll be bored for three hours while other people... You can be emceeing, watching people. You have, I feel like you have fun watching Dead by Daylight. You just hate playing it. Mm. That's why I'm just like, I feel like... I feel like you you could just like bow out of that. Like. See, but I feel like Rob because like Rob started started out loving Dead by Daylight, and I feel like like when you just said that you think that he enjoys watching it, I think he's gotten to the point where he when he watches other people play it, he just sits there and says, "God, I wish I was this good," and then it makes him more frustrated and angry. But Rob's not bad at the game. He just bad at the he he just. He just acts like he's worse I, the game. That's what I game. tell him. <laughs> like you're fine at the game. Like, I don't. No, I. You're not, I'm you bad are at the no game. better. You are no better than or worse than anyone that we play with. No. People escape. I never escape anymore. That's but that's besides the point. But the real like if we're gonna get into this. The reason because you're like oh well you you get frustrated at other games like Overwatch and and PUBG but you don't quit those. It's because. Even though I get frustrated with those games, I win every once in a while. It is no longer possible for me to win Dead by Daylight. I lose every single time. You so that is why I, it drives me crazy. Well, I mean, you also think of it, too, as if you don't personally escape the map, then you lost. But yeah, that's not that is how the game works. No, That's not how the game if works. If you die, you lose. No, no, it is still a team effort. How much you guys claim that that's not how it works? That is how you die, and your death results in somebody else getting out, and collectively, like your team, other people in your team get out, or two people get out in your team. Like, yeah, that that's fine. (laughs) Like, it's okay. No, because I am never the one that escapes, so I always lose. But see, I I honestly though, like, I'm not gonna like dive in this. I'm not gonna like. I don't make you upset. I feel like though. You get in to the first game, and then you'll have like a bad game where you won't survive the first game, and then 
the negativity that comes from that just compounds on itself every single game. And then by the last like three games, you're just actively pissing off the killer or just standing in a corner waiting to die. And I'm like, well, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point, Rob. Okay. Whatever you guys say. Anyway, I was trying to be positive that we had a good good stream, but I'm done. <laughs> no, I mean, we're moving on from the Dead by Daylight talk, but, uh, I mean, how how was the rest of the stream, do you think? I mean, how, okay. how much did we raise? What was we our goal set money. for? All right, Rob's just outright checking out. We made money. We made more money than we expected. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I think I like I said, I had fun for all of it, um, and I, I hope other people did too. The new games were all right. Um, actually, I thought I thought they were both pretty good. Um, but anyway, I like the uh, concept of Dread Hunger, but Dread Dread Hunger really got to me under my skin. Hmm. Um, it's it's more true or it's, it's no it, it was frustrating to me so for those of you listening who don't know dread hunger is kind of like among us in a sense so there's eight people on a ship and there are two traders okay uh not traders but traitors so they're avidly out to try to kill the rest of the crew or not Maybe make them fulfill i mean that's true <laughs> Uh, but they're out. They're out to either kill the crew or not allow them to achieve whatever objective is on that particular map. Okay. So the first several times that we played, I, I was just a, a just a crewmate. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't one of the traders. Um, and there are different jobs on the crew. Like, everybody has a unique task, or not a task, but everybody has a unique uh, role to play. First off, take that concept, throw it right out the fucking window, because it really does not matter. It's, that is, that's, it's, it's dumb. Because I wanted to be the cook, so I was like, okay, I'll cook for everybody, you know, I'll go, I'll help collect meat, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Being a cook does not matter, because everybody on the boat is just going to be using your stove to cook their own food anyway. And you only cook, I think as the cook, we determined, we found out that you only cook food 1% faster than everyone well, else. And that's at the beginning. You can level up, which I think increases the amount of your special ability. Okay. So uh, eventually, I think you can cook. But, uh, but right off that. the bat, literally every time I walked into the kitchen to go cook food because somebody else on the crew was saying that they were about to starve, somebody was in the kitchen already cooking food. So it was like, okay, my job is pointless. So that kind of got to me. But then one particular game, one game in particular came up, right? Where I think it was Avalos and Tamara were, oh no, one Avalos was the killer. Or he was like one of the traitors. I had a super bad gut feeling that he was one of these traitors. Okay. We had already lost a couple crewmates or whatever, and I just, I don't know what it was, but I, I just had a gut feeling he was a traitor. So, I you know, I was talking to B, saying, I don't think we should leave him alone on the boat, so we should probably go back. And then he overheard us, because it's like all a proximity chat thing, and we weren't far enough away where he didn't hear us. So, like, he... It, he was like, oh, I heard you were talking smack. So I took out my cleaver and I just started attacking him. 
And then Tamara started screaming, saying that I was a traitor. But I was saying that I wasn't. And then I tried to throw him into, like, once I knocked him down, like he was crawling around, like in his dying state or whatever, you can either pick them up and put them in one of the medical beds, and then they'll heal, or, or that's it. I tried to pick him up and put him in the jail cell and close the door on him. Does not work, because he could just open the door from the inside for some reason. Well, the second I knocked him down, I felt terrible. Like, because, like, I didn't know. There's no voting process in that game. There's not like a, oh, ring the bell, let's delegate, let's choose somebody that we think might be the traitor right now and put them in the jail cell for a little while, which I think would be a better solution to this. Uh, so I was getting frustrated. I, I happened to be right in attacking Avalos, and he told me that afterwards. But, like, to me, it's, okay, you have the t this task that you have to do as a crew. But if you feel like you know who the traitor is, there's nothing you can really do. Because if you attack him, then either if you're wrong, you just killed the crewmate. If you're right, then everyone else is going to think that you're a traitor. And if you do attack them, if you're like me, I felt bad. Like, like I legitimately felt bad. So I feel like I felt like that entire game, the only thing I could do was try to complete an objective, which was damn near impossible. And I don't know, it just, it really started irking me. Like, the, just the game in general. Like, I wish there was kind of like a voting system where, it, like, because there's a bell on the ship that serves no real purpose. So I wish like somebody could run, run and ring the bell and then everybody could like convene at the poker table down below deck and have like a voting process. I mean, you could do that just yourself. Be like, Hey everybody, we need to figure out who the traders are. Come. This is who I suspect. Yeah. But where you're so timed on everything else and having to acquire food and how fast you run out of food and ha needing to go find coal constantly. I think no one else would come to the boat and have that conversation. Like, I don't know. I mean, otherwise it was, a, it was a fun and it was aesthetically pleasing. Like, I mean, it was a nice looking game and I mean, it ran pretty well. <clears throat> um, and I mean, I do agree that it, it could be interesting, but I personally think that there should be something else that you could do. Like, if you do put somebody in the jail cell and close the door, it should lock. So even if you are the killer, if you're able to get out, and I'm just like, well, I just threw him well, in jail, I mean, and now he's out. Beating them up is what puts them in the jail cell. Well, I I tried. Well, yeah, you got to let them die, though. Yeah. And then um, they end up in the jail cell, and then they can try to either convince people to let them out or or not. Yeah, but I mean, then you have the whole crew wondering why you just killed a crewmate. It's and then like, you well, would explain, well, I think he's the bad guy. Yeah. I guess. I just feel bad attacking other people. You kill other people all the time in other games. I don't understand why this makes you feel bad. I don't know. Because Webby doesn't want, Webby doesn't want the, uh, he doesn't want the responsibility. So if it's he is wrong. He doesn't want to be directly responsible for somebody not having a good time. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's I mean, honestly what it was. Was especially especially, especially exactly because it was, it was especially because it was Avalos. I didn't want him to get upset. I think that's honestly one hundred percent true. 
I know exactly what it was. I know you. People don't know you give are. a wick about upsetting me in Dead by Daylight. So why? <laughs> that is not true. Well, I one hundred percent don't want to upset you in Dead by Daylight, especially Dead by Daylight, because then it just spirals. I try to not upset you in Dead by Daylight, and then you just usually wind up getting mad and saying I'm either ignoring you or ignoring you intentionally or letting you win, and it doesn't count, and then. It, yeah. it, it again, it becomes an endless circle. Right? Yeah, I know. So usually when you get dead by daylight, I just ignore you. Nothing. Although it's I, you. I, like I will you. say, for Devin's sake, they did change some stuff in Dead by Daylight. So like, when you're on the hook the second time, you don't mash the spacebar button anymore. Now it's a skill check, just like the generators. Um, it starts off as a really wide range skill check, so it's pretty easy. But then each six, each one after that gets smaller and smaller and smaller. They probably did that off. because people were people were fucking up their keyboard. Probably you were the keyboard and fucking. It was so easy to like. It's happened. It's happened to me so many times. Where like you'll push it, but it'll because of just how many times you gotta mash it. It'll like it'll double count or it won't count. You know what I mean? I almost and then it's like to... well. I pushed that and nothing happened. God damn it! So I, I I died. I almost wonder too if they were having problems with like cheaters using like a like an auto clicker set to the space bar. I mean, it, I mean that's fine, but what does that really accomplish? I mean, that keeps you alive a little bit longer it, on the hook. Yeah, I mean, but it's not like I would I would understand that like if you mash the space bar a hundred times, you get off the hook, kind of. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that would make more sense. But, I mean, all that's going to do is just keep you alive. It's no different than someone just sitting here pushing the button, like, pushing it themselves. Right. I I, it, I very well think it's just honestly because you, if you have, like, after doing that so long, you're either, you're one, you're, it directly impedes how many games you can play. If that makes sense? Yeah. Like, think about, like, if you every, if every match you're doing that, like, three matches in a row, you have to, like, you're matching the space bar for the full length of time before somebody saves you. Like, if, if somebody saves you at the end. By the end of those three games, your fucking wrist and your hand's going to hurt like a bitch. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm kind of done. I need to yeah. rest my hand. Yeah. You're going to walk away. Um, and it's kind of unfair for people who have, like, a who are playing on, like, controller. Because, I mean, Dead by Daylight is actually one of those games where, like, yeah, having a keyboard and mouse is, like, useful, but it's not, like... I don't think keyboard and mouse to controller in, in that game specifically is like super, um, especially because don't don't they have cross platform now? Uh, yeah, no? I, believe, I believe. Yeah, so. yeah, they have cross platform. Um, and, and because of that, while navigating is easier on on the keyboard and mouse, just mashing like the X button with your thumb is way easier than fucking slamming your spacebar. Yeah. <laughs> So and then, making a skill check just kind of balances that across the board. And then the other new game was, uh... well, I uh, oh for Dread Hunger, I looked it up. You can get up to level thirty, which increases for the cook. It increases the, your cooking time by thirty percent. Okay, so having a max level cook is beneficial. You know, yeah. or, or or having somebody who is the cook every time who's willing to level up that particular role. Uh, so the higher level one you are, the better you are. But I mean, even then, even I just I feel like, especially with our group of people, like even if I went in there as like a level fifteen cook, okay, which means that I cook fifteen percent faster than everybody else, I f- still feel people would just be constantly in the stove cooking, 
Like <laughs> they're like, oh well, I'm hungry now. It's like that's that's handy. That's nice. But I have stuff that I also need to do in there, and it's like I, I don't know. <clears throat> I think I think in addition to maybe increasing the levels increases your speed at something. I think each particular role should be able to do like, so the cook should be able to take, you know, the chunks of meat and make something that's unique that the other crew can't make, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you guys had the capability of it. Cause I mean, I was the cook every time. So it was just commonplace to me, but like I started off with a cup of beet, like a cup of stew and I had the capability of making stew, which increased your temperature and your hunger meters. But I mean, no, I just kept eating raw cooked meat or whatever. Yeah, that's that's all anybody ever did. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, what was the other game that we played? In silence. In silence. Oh yeah. So this one was unique too. Uh, this one the biggest the biggest scare that I had about this one was was not even the monster it was searching through items and having shit pop up at you or the thunder when the thunderstorm started because it would start with a big crack of lightning and thunder it was super loud uh so this game Devin is essentially it's a monster versus four people and the monster, if you're the monster, you have very, very limited range of view. And and the view that you do have is very blurry. But you have a little compass on the bottom of your screen where every time somebody makes noise, either by talking to each other or whatever, it pings on your compass so you know a direction that you got to run in to track these people down. Um, the, the more noise they're making... That your range of view opens up a little bit more because you hear, you see by sound. Um, the objective for the survivors on this side is to either get the code to the ammunition box and kill the monster, or to collect car parts for the broken down vehicle and then escape. Um, which we managed to do twice, I think. Uh, I was never the monster. In in the games that we played officially, I think Tamara was the monster like three times. Hmm. Um, I love that. Honestly, I really think that we should have done something like a like not necessarily a rotational thing, but like if say Tamara was the monster the first game, then she changes her skull to white so she can't be the monster again to allow other people the chance at being the monster. That's that's probably how we should have done it, but. Oh well. Um, but yeah, no, that game was fun too. I guess uh, not something that I would play on anything other than probably like a Halloween stream. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, stupid little fucking jack in the boxes when you open up the chests, popping out yeah. at you, scared the shit Those out of me. Startled me every freaking time. <clears throat> but yeah, so our Christmas goal. Or our, our 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 goal, our charity goal, uh, that we were trying to reach by the end of the Christmas stream, was a thousand dollars. And how much did we end up raising by the end of the Halloween stream? 
1126, I think. Uh, so we, There's 1100s and something. So we ended up meeting our charity entire, goal yeah. just in Halloween. So that means we ended up 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 upping our charity goal for Christmas to, I think, 1500. And, and of course, everybody had like little uh, little personal goals set aside. Where if, like, I think John's was if we reached $1,000 by the end of the Halloween stream, or by the beginning of the Christmas stream. Yeah, by the beginning of the Christmas stream. Uh, then he was going to wear some maid cat, cat maid thing. I don't know. Some maid mm-hmm. outfit. Like a French maid thing. I was just like, hmm. I don't know. As a, as a viewer, I'd much rather see John play a horror game than to dress up like a maid. But uh, I don't remember what some of the other ones was. Devin, I think I I, I gave us a goal for SU. Um, I don't remember what the what the amount was. Might have been fifteen hundred. Which, if it is, then we might be in trouble. I honestly don't remember now. John has it written down. But if we reach our goal by the end of the Christmas stream that I set out. Uh, mm-hmm. then we will do an entire SU episode about Booster Gold, but in a positive light. Okay. So, talk about all of his achievements, and I won't badmouth them. Hey, <sighs> So, that was the only goal I was willing to put out there. Gotcha. <laughs> but, Yeah. Uh, so we did, we, we do, we busted out on the fucking Halloween stream. We did a good job. I want to thank everybody who participated and all the people who came out and, and, and watched us and, and helped raise money for it. And everybody rocks. I even had some of the, uh, guild members of the, of the wow guild that I played, that I raid with came out and donated. They, they made me personally meet my personal, uh, fundraising goal. Uh, so that was neat. And now we have the Christmas stream coming up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So two things I guess I'm going to need from both of you. Uh, and it's, it, we don't need it right now. I'm not going to put any more people on the spot. Uh, but st- stuff for us to think about is um, we do have an SU time slot. Uh what kind of things, just us, you know, off air, what kind of things we could fill that with, whether it be certain type of challenges again. I know the past few years we've done like hot sauce challenges, but we've changed up the structure on the hot sauce challenges, whether they be, you know, distractions, media trivia, or we did that hot ones challenge game that Rob ran for us last year. Um, if there are any other things that we could do with similar punishment type things, uh, just us, us to brainstorm stuff like that. And then we also need to brainstorm, uh, two SU topics for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I, I don't know. Like it was a lot less stressful going into a month where it's like, we knew what we were going to be doing and we just had to sit down and find the time to do it rather than, Devin messaging me 
on like a Monday night or on a Tuesday saying, so what are we doing SU on this week? And then us scrambling to think of something to do either that day so we could record it, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday. But yeah, anything else anybody wants to talk about? Devin, what have you been up to? Just work? Working? Uh, I stayed up for 24 hours straight yesterday unintentionally. Just for fun? No. <laughs> so I told someone I would, I told my roommate I would help her go and buy, um, we'll pick up these, she bought like some vanities for her kids to like, like some, like, like you know, like small, like makeup desk slash vanities for her kids for Christmas and she's going to get them, she's going to get them like resanded and shit and repainted. But she, I told her, she was like, hey, you know, my health me, house is going to be at work. I'm like, yeah, not a problem. I can help you out. Well, then I got mandated the night before. So I told her I'd help her. That was at like eight o'clock in the morning. I got mandated. I stayed all the way till six. So I worked from two p. I woke up at like 10. Went to work at two on Monday. I got off work at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. By the time I got home, it was 7 a.m. I laid down. Didn't fall asleep. By the time I laid down, you know, text message, hey, you, you so coming. Yeah. All right. So I got up, got dressed, went and did that. Got back home. We got back home, I think, like 1.30 in the afternoon after we did that and ran some errands. Um, and then she had a doctor's appointment she had to go to. So I watched, so I was watching the kids. It's like, it's like my body knew, like, it's like the human body's real. Like it knew I had shit to do. I'm like, okay, I am responsible for two small child for two small children. Actually, I was responsible for three small children at first. Three small children. I cannot fall asleep. So, like, I had all the energy in the world. Like, I cleaned the house, watched the kids clean the house and everything. And then, because she had two doctor's appointments, so she comes home again. And then she takes the infant, her, her doctor appointments. So I'm responsible for two small kids. So then I'm sitting there, you know, I make them lunch. And then I make myself lunch. And then, like, an hour later, like, 3, 30, 4 o'clock, she goes back home. And literally the second she closed the door, I looked at her and I'm just like, I'm exhausted. And then I, I just like walked downstairs, closed my eyes and just, I woke up the next day. <laughs> like literally, like the second I knew that she was home and I did not, and no longer was like solely responsible for two small children. I just immediately passed out. <laughs> yeah. I think I had, oh I, I had an opposite problem last night. Last night I went to bed pretty early, actually, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know I felt I was falling asleep during an episode of Bones. And so I decided I was just going to go to bed. I only woke up a couple times in the middle of the night, but it wasn't like a restless wake up. It was like a, okay, I'm awake. Okay, it's super cold. I'm just going to go back to bed because I'm nice and warm underneath my covers. And I did that like a few times and then I woke up and I was up up for a while. And then, but I was just dog tired, like to the point where when Rob woke up, he didn't realize that I was sleeping in my computer chair, but he went to go say something to me and it startled me awake. Uh, and he kind of came up with the conclusion that because like, I have not been sleeping well, like to the, to the point where like I've been going like days and days with just like an hour or two of sleep. And he told me today, he's like, uh, maybe you're tired because your body's just like, oh, this is what sleep is. This is good. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> I, I want more of this thing. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, man. 
So I've asked you this before. I will. And it's going to be a periodic. Like, I'm periodically just going to ask you this. Okay. You had to pepper spray anybody at work yet? Not recently. Damn it. (laughs) I mean, I have before. Do you have any inmates get out of line that you had to, like, smack them around a little bit? Oh. Huh? No, not really. Oh. You said you did have to mace someone before, though? I have maced somebody before, yeah. Just not, like, recently. That shit sucks. Okay, without naming names, eh, eh, are any of the guards or people that you work with like any of the guards on the Prison Break show? I mean, yeah, we got a variety of people. Like, excessively commanding... Like Bellic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, do you ever just wish that, that? Do you ever just wish that an inmate goes off on him and fucks him up? <laughs> nah, not really. I mean, like as much as I'm not a huge fan of the guy, we I, I still frequently go out drinking with him some nights. Um, he's not a bad guy. He's just a different kind of person. All right. Well, I mean, I'm periodically going to ask you about stuff that happens at your work. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, oh, yeah. How long do we have to wait? Do we have to wait a certain period of time to get a video of you being tased? Did we ever get that? I don't think no, we, we did. I got it. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I can get it now, I'm sure. I just don't have it. Like, actually, I can see a village can email it to me. All right. I know there was like a certain time frame that we had to kind yeah, of abide I, yeah, by. I, I, I I can get it. I don't have it. I can get it though. All I right. know I can get it. Not that I want to see. Anyone... Not that I want to see a good friend of mine in pain. I mean, but, I mean it's, really it would be funny. I'm in pain. That much, like I don't know. Like I yeah, took it. Was just like, eh, it's fine. Takes I mean, the it, things out of. I would do it again. I would. I wouldn't do the stun cuffs. The stun cuffs are are a bitch. I wouldn't do stun cuffs, but I would definitely do taser again. I wouldn't do it for fun. Like, I wouldn't be like, you know, I'm kind of bored today. I'm going to get tased. Like, I wouldn't do that. There's a thing called stun cuffs that exist, and we never see yeah, them stun- on TV shows. How is this possible? No. <laughs> you know, because they're, they're, nope, they're not nice. Hold on. Let's see if I can find a demonstration of them. Cause he would okay. So to break down a what this is, right? So you what you have is what what are a taser is shuts down your motor function temporarily. Okay, it hurts, but it's not pain compliance. If that makes sense, like you don't do what we want you to do because you're in pain. You do it because it overrides your motor system, and you don't have a choice. You lock up. And then you usually go to the ground or you just stand still until it's it's all said and done. Right? Right. Where stun cuffs, it, they don't lock up your motor system. It's just pain compliance. It's, you just, just, comply. it's just electrical pain? Yes, it's just Ugh. electrical pain. It, that's all Dude, it is. I do not have it's a good relationship compli- with electricity. It's just compliance because it hurts. <laughs> I've caught I've caught a T-shirt on fire because of electricity one time, like that I was wearing. It was. It's I not had good. a key ring melt because Oof. I got too close to a thing, a power uh, 
fuck is it called? Uh, circuit. Uh, God, my brain. A transformer? No, one of those things that has multiple plugs in it. A surge protector. surge protector? Yeah. Wait, you just got too close and it melted your key ring? Well, I mean, I must have touched it with my key ring. It was, we, I yeah. used to work at Petco and we ripped down with the whole plaza was being redone. And for some reason, Petco was like, no, nah, we're not going to close. We're going to stay open, even though the front of the building was ripped off. So they built all these like temporary fake walls in front of the building. And our, where our reptiles were kept were right at the front. So they cut off the, most of the room behind the reptiles where like all the heat lamps and stuff were. So you had to like put your back against the wall and like slide along the back of the wall to get to all the reptile cages. So apparently it was like too like it, it was too close to the the power strips for the for the heat lamps and heat pads and stuff. And it must have touched I must have touched one of the cuz I had the keys on my belt loop and it must the keys must have hit one of the, the power strips. And when I came back out and I tried to take them off, there like the whole key clip was just melted into a solid ring of metal. I was like, "Well, I had to cut the belt loop to get them off." Wow. Like, lucky I didn't die. That's, it had to have been a faulty surge protector. It shouldn't be that much energy coming through a surge protector. It oh, I'm tripping. sure. <laughs> also, the the electric cuff things—they go on your legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck that, dude. I get Charlie horses that are painful. I wouldn't want those things going anywhere near my legs. Yeah. Fuck that. That guy did not look happy. Like, No, no it's just pain compliance. That's all it is. It just hurts. I mean, to be fair, I mean, he also does not look happy, like, going into it. Like, he looks, he he's trying to mentally prepare himself for it. And now, what is it? That guy just has like a, like an activator switch where if that touches another part of your body, it triggers the cuffs, or no, he no no. It just or he was just there to catch the guy. He was there to catch the guy, kind oh. of sort of. But also too, he has a um, like it's just like a garage door remote, but oh. like a little bigger than that. You can just turn it on and activate it, or you can set it to like proximity. Oh, um, where if they like if they move so far away from you. They will act now, in what situations would you put those on, like, inmates? <sighs> it's kind of... They're they're sporadically used. They're not used all the time. Um, usually, if they're going to be used, they're used when, like, transporting inmates to court. Okay. Like, if they're going to be in physically in court, you'll have, like, belly chains and stuff on them. Or if you don't want them to have, like... For instance, if, like, the judge requests them to not have belly chains or... Uh, um, handcuffs for whatever reason, then it'll be probably those. Alright. Under uh, Those underneath, like, their outfit. Gotcha. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, they're rarely used, but, I mean, because they, yeah. They're not great. Right on. Uh, so, to swing this, the, uh, the direction of this conversation a little bit, I posted something in the, uh, in the Discord, and uh, I wanted your guys' opinion on it, is a new Harry Potter idea, Harry Potter movie idea, of Adam Driver, which I'm guessing is the guy who played the... Uh... Who played um, 
um, what's his name in the new Star Wars? In movie? the Star Wars movie, the uh, the Han Han Solo name. kid, right? Yeah, I can't think of his name. I don't remember who what his character name was. Well, those weren't my favorite movies. They're not bad, but that character or that that actor as a young Snape going through his years as a Death Eater and his transition into Dumbledore's inside man. Yeah. I mean, I I personally, like, when I watched the Harry Potter movies, I've seen all the ones that were released, but I never watched all of the ones that happened, like, afterwards. So, like, the the Fantastical Beasts or, or any of the other ones like that. I haven't seen any of those. I, I haven't really... It's not that I haven't, like... I don't know how to say that. It's not that I don't want to see them. I just don't have a desire to go out of my way to see them when there are other things that I could watch. Uh, This, I think I would go out of my way to watch. Uh, I really enjoyed Snape, and I think seeing him in his earlier years, and I think that guy looks like a young Snape. I don't know. Mm. At least in that picture he does. So, would you guys see that movie? Yeah. We should write it. We should make it happen. We pitch the idea to whoever the hell made the Harry Potter movies. Devin's gone. I'm here. No, I agree. Uh I mean I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. Like I I've watched I've seen all the movies. I enjoyed them, but they're never like you said, they're never they're not movies like I you're not gonna see me like sit down and rewatch the movie. Same thing kind of with the with the new Star Wars movies. Like I if I'm like scrolling through TV and they're on, I'm probably not gonna stop to watch them. So I just really yeah. I'm definitely not gonna go out and like start one up. I just don't I I there I'd rather watch something else. That was like me a couple months ago. I was on um our site that we watch movies on sometimes and I was just like I, I saw a picture of the Harry Potter movie, you know the the Sorcerer's Stone and then on that same page, it was a, it was the Hobbit movie, and I was like, okay, I'm in the mood to rewatch a movie here, but do I rewatch Harry Potter, which I've only ever seen once, or do I rewatch the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series, which I've seen multiple times? And I ended up rewatching the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series again. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I just, right? I, I don't know. I just, I didn't dislike the Harry Potter movies I, I enjoyed them but i just i don't know i guess there's just it's it, it, i don't know how to describe how i feel towards them <laughs> like i don't know i don't know what justifies like me not having them not having a rewatch value to me as much as say lord of the rings so I don't know. I'll have to go through and give them another go at, at some point, but they're not bad. I mean, they're not bad. They're just, no, they're not. I just, they're, for whatever reason, they don't seem to have replay value for me. Like, hear me out, hear me out. And this could be a hot take. I don't know. Young YA books, young adult books that become movies are usually very mediocre movies. Like mediocre to good movies, but I, I'm never interested in watching them again. Right. And I feel like it didn't help that I felt like the Harry Potter ones, like they dragged them on sometimes. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about a lot of like, like for instance, another one. I'll even say like about this, like kind of the same thing, like, uh, like the whole Divergent uh, movie series. Never seen them. Uh, it's not. It's based off a book. It was. I don't know. Did they make the tape? Yeah. Divergent and then Allegiant, and I don't know if they're making a. Yeah. So it was Divergent. It was supposed to be the Divergent, Allegiant, and then Ascendant, and they never wound up making Ascendant. Ascendant was supposed to turn into a TV show at the last minute, but it, never, it also got canceled. So yeah, I mean, but those were they weren't bad, but I don't know. Having it felt weird for me having grown up kind of with the Harry Potter books a little bit. Like I read them, I wasn't the biggest fan of them. My favorite, like I, my favorite YA books of all, well, YA book air quotes of all time, uh, is still supposed to be getting made into a movie, and it's hasn't happened yet. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Which I just don't. I just don't I, um, the tales of the Atori, the oh. whole that whole series. I got into that. That is the book series that kind of got me into reading. Um, uh, speaking of book series, um, I just want to throw this out as a mention. Uh, one of my favorite book series that I've read, um, The Wheel of Time, is being made into a TV show. It's going to be an Amazon original, uh, and that's coming out, I believe, the 19th of this month. Be afraid. Be afraid what? The last my my favorite book series was made into a TV series. It was awful. Oh well. I mean, this they had put together a. I remember they had put together a Wheel of Time, like a, a one episode, like a pilot thing, uh, and they released it, and I watched it, and it wasn't terrible, but the wife of the author, because the author has since died. The wife of the author opted not to have it be turned into anything. So I'm hoping that because they finally did decide to turn it into something and got the wife's approval and then the the author who picked up uh, writing some of it, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that they the show is good enough that they put their stamp of approval and allowed it to be made. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I was gonna say you you are talking about the new Wheel of Time show, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, because I know, like, if if I ever if I wrote a book, because I I was in the process of writing a book for a while. I still technically am, but I just haven't worked on it in forever. If I was if I wrote a book or a book series yeah. that became very widely, you know, liked and received and it was like a, a a project dear and near to my heart i don't think i would just like let anybody turn it into a movie or a tv show either it would it, like i would it would have to be meeting a very high bar for them to turn it into a movie because like you said, like I've seen lots of movies based off of books or TV shows based off of books that just, they fell short. And it's like, they they fell short in the dumbest like ways. Like, they just, you know, little things here and there that they decided to take, you know, creative liberties with that were, 
important to the story. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they just shouldn't do that. Like I, I'm all for taking creative liberties. Like me and me and Rob sat down cause he hadn't seen it before, but we sat down and we watched uh, a King Arthur movie and it's the one with Charlie Hunnam Jax from sons of anarchy. And it's a very flashy movie. Oi! That is enough. You're grounded. Go to your room. Uh, it's a very flashy movie. And they 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 really took the ball and ran away as far as, like, story-wise from the King Arthur stories. And they changed a lot of stuff. But, I mean, arguably, it was, it was a good movie. Right, Rob? Yeah. You know? it. And, I mean, it's just a matter of they took their own creative liberties and made a, a different movie out of it. And that's fine. But if you're trying to, you know, take a story and recreate it from a book for the, from the, for the first time into a movie or, or, or a TV show, I honestly feel like you need to be real careful with what you choose to put in and what you choose to take out, you know? I think things can be easily done and remade for things that have been around for so long, like the King Arthur stories. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take this. I'm going to just throw a really weird ass twist on it. And it's going to be my new King Arthur. It's like, that's fine. Everybody knows the story of King Arthur, you know, to an extent. And it's been remade a million times. So I feel like going for a King Arthur. So I feel like a lot of the King Arthur movies have been getting arguably kind of worse with time. Like, like, I I feel like they can't like, and it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like a lot of the, I guess, open source material, it kind of gets worse and worse. Like your King Arthur's, your... Uh, Robin Hood's. I really I liked like the Robin Hood with the Russell Crowe. That one wasn't bad. That one wasn't I mean, bad. But I feel they like they changed did, a they, lot they, of stuff on like that too. A while ago, though, right? They did, but that one wasn't bad. But I feel like they've been getting more and more downhill. Like I feel like just generally, like your Robin Hood movies, your King Arthur movies. Like let's see, Robin Hood movies. Uh, I think that yeah, was like the one the they last had one they with, made, wasn't it? No, they had the one in 2018 with. Jamie Foxx and uh, Jamie Foxx and fucking what's his name? Fuck. Are you sure that wasn't robbing the hood? No, that's <laughs> sorry. That Robin Hood. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it was Jamie Foxx who played Little John. They should have cast Lil John as Lil John. I think that would have been hilarious. Wait, who played Robin Hood? Rapper. Who played Robin Hood in that one? Targon, uh, Taron Egerton. Um, the guy from, uh, I think he played in Kingsman, didn't he? Yeah, the guy from, the main guy from Kingsman. Okay. Oh, I do remember that one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. That one wasn't terrible. I mean, again, that one I feel like was, uh... It was, okay, but I feel like you could have just put, you could have literally just, like, changed the names of the characters and just made it, like, uh, historical. Like, it wasn't a Robin Hood movie, it was just... Well, I feel like they did with that Robin Hood movie like what they did with the Charlie Hunnam King Arthur movie. They they changed a lot of things on it, put a lot of creative twists of their own into it, and they just kept some of the main characters. Right, which arguably means like is it is it is it even worth naming it as that kind of a movie? 
Uh, I like, mean, are you better off just making a like? I get what you're saying, but like, saying, like, I feel like you're better off at that point just but, making something else. But those types yeah. of stories, I feel at this point, can be completely outlandish and just thrown out there creatively because enough people know the story. Right. But, but if you take something of- like, uh, like if they were going to make like a Dragon Lance TV show or movie. You know, not a lot of people know what Dragonlance is. It's you're right. You know, you're right. You're right. But this is kind of my 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 flip side argument of that, right? You're saying that a, a lot of people know the original story, so they can take liberties and do what they need to do to make like an entertaining movie. Well, it's just that. it's been remade but, so many times. Like the right, uh, the, the actual story right, has been told right. so many times. Absolutely, absolutely. But like. As far as like a Robin Hood movie goes, like you your your great Robin Hood movies, you have Men in Tights. Uh, I mean, I think that might be the highest rated one on IMDb. Hands down, best Robin Hood movie ever. Let's see, IMDb rates that one a six point seven. Hold on. You know what? Now we're we're gonna go off rails for a second because I want to see what's the highest rated Robin Hood movie. Well, we can't go off rails for too long because Rob's gotta go. Soon. That's fine. Not now, but soon. I just want to see what the uh real quick. So Robin Hood Men in Tights, six point seven. The twenty eighteen was a five point three, closing that one out. That one's no longer the winner. Twenty ten with Russell Crowe, six point six. Men in Tights still holds the lead. The Adventures of Robin Hood in nineteen thirty eight, seven point nine. That one's the highest one so far. The Story of Robin Hood from 1952, Disney's version, 6.7. Sorry, you lose. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, 1991, with Kevin Costner, has a 6.9 rating. Tom and Jerry, Robin Hood and His Merry Mouse in 2012, holds a 6.5. Robin and the Seven Hoods uh, is a musical comedy uh, with Frank, starring Frank Sinatra is a uh, 6.5. That one doesn't count. Robin Hood, 1991 British film, 5.8. Robin Hood, 1973, where you have a little anthropomorphic fox dude, 7.6. So the highest rated Robin Hood is the original Robin Hood movie from 1938. <laughs> which holds a 7.9. <laughs> Wait, how? What was, what was the rating on the Kevin Costner one? The Kevin Costner one was a, I think a... Six point nine. All right. What did Men in Tights get? Men in Tights got a six point seven. Yeah, six point seven IMDb. Hmm. And then the Robin Hood, the uh, the next highest rated one is the one with the fox from Disney. Hell yeah! Running and, around and the, and the rooster bard who's <laughs> telling yeah. the story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that's the next highest one at seven point six. So the highest rated Robin Hood in color is the Disney's Robin Hood where they're with the fox. That's the highest rated Robin Hood in color. All right, I mean, hey, I'm not gonna argue that that was a dope ass Robin Hood story. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the first Robin Hood story I ever saw. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's really good. I don't know why. Oh man, that brought that up. Now I kind of want to watch Kingdom of Heaven again. I love Kingdom of Heaven. What's Kingdom of Heaven? You never seen Kingdom of Heaven with Orlando Bloom? I don't know. So it's a 2005 movie, like really fucking long, like three hours long. Post the picture of it in Discord. Uh, here. 
Here's the thing. I feel like you've probably seen this. Um. Another one that's falls in the same boat of the King Arthur movies, the what you call it, the um, the Three Musketeers. Oh, that, yeah. That's another one that falls in that same kind of category. Yeah, I've only ever seen one them. Three Musketeers movie, and I think it had uh, John Malkovich in it. Maybe. <laughs> oh, I want to see the Three Musketeers movies. Um, and no, I don't think I've ever seen this movie. Yeah, uh, really good movie. It's a long ass movie. It's three hours long. It's a damn good movie though. My favorite, my favorite Three Musketeers movie is the one in 1993. That was my favorite Three Musketeers movie. I think I've only seen one Three Musketeers movie. I've heard I've the retelling that's... of it so many times, though. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Is like with sh- with movies and stories and stuff like that. I feel like they can make those like really like, you know, blockbuster, flashy type movies that yeah, you know, are, are just are just pure movie. action movies. Yeah, the one the one that I remember is this one. This is the one that I've remembered the most. Like I remember the most fondly, and I enjoyed the most on all. Oh yeah, maybe that's the one that I watched because that guy on the right, I know him. Well, I know all yeah, of them. Yeah, but like that's the. I mean, was it John Malkovich in Mask, that one? Was John Malkovich I in that one? He, John Malkovich was he in the? He was, he was like a pope or something. He was like a bad guy or something. I think I don't remember. Then Iron Mask. Oh, maybe it was no, Man he was in, in the Iron uh, Mask. He was in Man in the Iron Mask. He was okay. in Man in the Iron Mask. That's he was Athos, which is also basically a Three Musketeers movie. Um, so that I mean, I would say that that's a really good movie. I actually really like Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that one was really good. I mean, but for me, that Three Musketeers movie is probably so the so for me the best Three Musketeers movie. Um, but ultimately, what I, what I was trying to say bad. though is that the first. The, the first trans the, the first transformation from book to either a TV series or a movie should be as close to the book as possible. Otherwise, I don't think that the movie or the TV series will succeed. I agree. I agree. I think it should be, but I feel like I feel like when you have a classic story, you I feel like we have two sta- two same conclusion but two different stances. Like you're like I I, I think it should be adapted by the story. The first time it's done, I think it should always. Well, I'm not saying the first time and then it's done. I think I think it should always be adapted by the story because you're selling people on that story. You're selling like if I like if I slapped, uh, Merlin like the story of Merlin on a movie. You know, like Webby's like, oh shit, I like Merlin. I want to watch this movie. And Merlin's like in the movie, but then like I change everything about the movie. And you're like, this literally could have been called like. Ask Dolph the magician. It would have been this. It it, it would have gotten the same thing. I mean, from this that Merlin or Ask Dolph the magician. Well, okay. I mean, my D and D character name is going to be called Ask Dolph. I get what you're saying, but like, okay, using Merlin as an example, the Merlin the TV show. Okay, Uh, have you seen that before? I have. Yeah. Okay, I love that show. I think all the actors did phenomenally in that show, and I love the story. But that was also a very creatively liberated from any type of like right. historically told Merlin story. I will, okay, I will give TV shows a pass though because they usually go on for so long. Yes, 
True. Yeah, I will give TV shows a pass because I feel like they but, have I mean, to drag shit out and change things and do things my, because it evolved for so long. But when you have a movie, now my thing with the movie is, I do think that they should keep. You know, I will always want. Okay, so like Robin Hood and King Arthur, two of my favorite stories. Okay, like historical ones that have been passed down for a long time. Beauty and the Beast. Um, so like. Mm-hmm. I will always go see a King Arthur or Robin Hood movie, especially if it holds true to what the actual story was. But every so often, I do think that they should just be able to come out with a movie that, like, like the Charlie Hunnam King Arthur. It's action-packed. It was very... It kept my interest because of everything that was happening, and it was a just a different retelling of the King Arthur story. Like, they kept enough of the same things that I was like, okay, it's King Arthur, but they changed enough of it where it's like, well, they're definitely taking creative liberties. But don't get me wrong, that's not my favorite King Arthur movie, you know? And if they made another one, say, next year, and it came out, and it was more, I'll say historically accurate, but more more true to the, the telling of King Arthur, I would watch it, and I would probably love it. Because I love that story. But, I mean, every so often, I mean, you you can't just expect, like, if there are six King Arthur stories in the last 60 years that have been turned into movies, and then every movie is pretty much the same because they're trying to retell it the exact same way. Right. No, no, I understand that. I understand that. But my my thing is when when you change so much that it's basically unrecognizable to... The, the name of the movie and you're yeah. basically just using the name as a name of the yeah. movie no i get, name of the property I agree with you to on get that. people to come watch the movie no and i, I agree felt with like you on a that. lot more recently a lot of those same titles like the three musketeers the fucking you know the three musketeers king arthur and um god uh robin hood i feel like more recently the, their most recent installments have been going that route where they've been changing so much of the story. Like, yeah, you have these characters named the same, but they literally only share a name with the characters, and that's pretty much it. Right. But, I mean, like, for me, like, those types of things, it's all, like, think of, like, some of your favorite film directors, right? It's like, okay, so you have, like, the historical retelling of, like, these stories that that they've been put into movies. Like, I'm going to go back to King Arthur and you know, Robin Hood, whatever. And, you know, they're all being made by, you know, say, like Stanley Kubrick. Okay. They're all as close to possible as they can with taking some creative liberties in the movie. And then every so often you toss in a Michael Bay King Arthur movie. It's like, okay, (laughs) you know what you're getting when you see Michael Bay's name on a movie. You know, there's going to be explosions happening and all sorts of crazy shit going on. But then, like, you know, maybe you want to go back to your Stanley Kubrick. Or, hell, maybe you want a Quentin Tarantino version of Three Musketeers. That would be... I, I would love the fuck out of that. Yeah. You know, it, that's I would, the I thing is you need love to... love the fuck out of that. My big thing is, but like... No, 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 no. I get that. But... I, it's 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 a it's a fine line though, right? It is. Like, it I is. feel like I feel like it's a fine line. I feel like when you're just like selling a movie, like, like I go back to the most you, like recent you can't King have Arthur me movie. watch Transformers and then show me that the lead character's name is King Arthur and or 
you know, Arthur, uh, whatever the fuck his name, I am Pendragon. Pendragon, and tell me that this is a King Arthur movie now. Like, I get it. You can't change. 98 percent of the film right which i feel like in more recent years that's the way it's been going but i feel like if this is the thing right i feel like if like a quentin tarantino made a three musketeers movie which now i i want that more than anything in my life i really honestly (laughs) feel like it would be like it would be like quentin tarantino's three musketeers like it would be that way and you're like right. okay i know exactly what quentin tarantino does with movies i know the style of this movie is going to go through i feel still like the story is going to be not the same but it's going to be resonant enough to the base story where it's like okay this hits all the high notes of that story and i can this yeah it takes creative liberties here and there to kind of move the story along in the way they want it to move but it's not the framework of the framework that's kind of where it's at. I don't don't change the framework of a story. You're right. you're free to play as much as you want within the within the boundaries of the tale. But when you start like if you you know if your framework looks like a you know a triangle, in when you release the movie you have a fucking you know pentagram. I have a problem with that. You know what I mean? Like where it's like you've changed the framework at this point so much that it's 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 almost unrecognizable outside of characters' names. Right. Well, one thing that they've been doing a lot lately that I actually like is taking peripheral characters from stories that are familiar and like putting them into the spotlight and changing their story a little bit. But it's okay because you don't really know a lot about their story. Yeah, like that's the, fine. I, I don't care about that. Like, you find the, like a, exactly. The one, the, I'm the fine night one we just saw and stuff like that, like where they're taking like minor characters and they're like, "Hey, look at this," and then they're like, "She's interacting with Merlin and stuff like that." But it's like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know a lot about that character, but I, it's like still in the same universe as these other things, right? Like, so, I'm totally fine with that. so you with something like that, like what Devin's that. saying That's is, fine. is you're starting with a square and now you've you you you've changed it enough to where it's a circle, but it still fits in that square hole. You know, you're not starting with a triangle and then changing it so much that now it's an octagon and there's no way in fuck it even fits. Like, I think that's what like it still encapsulates. Yeah, you know yeah. the likability of those movies and and like yeah. the uh, it draws the attention in is like now you have these like like we watched I don't remember the name of that fucking thing but we watched that movie uh, or the the Netflix series that was all about Nimue, which is in Arthurian legend. Um, and I mean, they took creative liberties all through that movie too, or that show, but it, I still thought it was a fantastic show, you know? And, uh, the fuck was that one called? Shit. I I know Merlin was the crazy, crazy bald guy who ended up pulling Excalibur out of his side. <laughs> like, um, I don't remember the name of the show now. But yeah, ultimately what I want to see now is like a... Cursed. Cursed, that's what it was. Thank you. I want to see like a... Give me a name of like a good horror director. Like, was Wes Anderson a horror director? Wes Anderson or Wes Craven? Wes Craven. Oh, Wes Craven is who I'm saying. Give me like a Wes Craven take on like... Robin Hood or... Yo, I want to see I mean, like I want to see one of these movies that has it is definitely not a horror movie get turned into a horror movie. I want to see how that would impact me. 
I still, I still really, I still really want to see a Quentin Tarantino Three Musketeers now. Well, let's write. I Quentin just see Tarantino. that being. I see that being amazing. Like, imagine like the Hateful Eight, but it's Three Musketeers. That seems amazing to me. Those numbers are nowhere close to each other. Um, they are five apart. Where'd the other five people go? Well, they're not that far apart. If Plus, they're not that far apart, if if uh, there are four if seven if seven eight nine, then you can technically take seven out of that equation and only four apart. Oh, all right. And like oh, Roger no, said, there are apart. four. Three there apart. are technically four musketeers. So yes, if you include D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan. <laughs> well, uh, all right, Quentin Tarantino, if you're listening. We want a Three Musketeers movie from you. Uh, those of you who are listening, forward forward this episode on with a timestamp uh, and hashtag Quentin Tarantino in it, and maybe he'll listen. Probably not. Who knows? All right, but that's where we're going to wrap up because we're coming up on – we're over an hour. So, uh, Rob, do we have a Science Corner this this, this week? Uh, sort of. All right. But I was. I just going to say. I now picture a four musketeer fight was stuck in the middle of you playing. But anyway. Uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I was going to talk a little bit about the mult or the the metaverse. This uh. The what? Idea that. Uh. Well. Whoa, well, hey, well, hang on there, Rob. Don't fucking enlighten the everybody on the metaverse, Rob. I'm still buying my NFTs in crypto. <laughs> don't do this yet. I don't understand what's happening. I, I don't need this to explode yet. I got to get it on the ground floor, and then you can make it explode, Rob. We have like twenty listeners. <laughs> fair, fair. Whoa, 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 whoa! I mean, you're probably not wrong, but I love those twenty <laughs> listeners. Okay, we all love those twenty listeners. So, uh, twenty yard. Now you got me saying twenty listeners. Uh, the metaverse, if you didn't see it, is Facebook founder, um, uh, half robot guy. Uh, what? I can't think of his name. We have half robots walking around. Uh, yeah. Cyborg. Seven. What the fuck is his name? Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Came He's out a with robot. Thing. Have you ever seen He's... him speak to people? No. He's, He's a lizard person. I've, I've never seen him person. actually. I've never seen a video of him. I've never seen him speak. I've only ever seen a picture of him. He looks like he's pretending to be human in everything you've ever you ever seen him in. It looks like he's not human and he's pretending to be. Like it, it, yeah. in this video about the metaverse, for some reason he had barbecue sauce as a bookend, and everyone's like keeps making memes about. It. They're like, "What do humans have on their shelves?" Barbecue sauce sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's talking about this thing called the the metaverse, which is a lot like the either a the Matrix or b the uh, thing from uh, Ready Player One. I can't for some reason I'm blanking on the name of it there, but uh, basically uh, he wants to drill holes in people's brains and put implants inside. So oh, you're talking about um, you're talking about Mark Zuckerberg. You're talking about um, what you call it? Uh, Musk. It was it's Facebook, whatever, whoever owns Facebook. Yeah, that's Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Elon Musk was talking about having um having uh, neural implants too. 
Yeah, I, I, they all, and Jeff Bezos too. They're all about the neural implants. But he, I mean, I, I've said a thousand times. Like, I, I will say this publicly. I've said this privately. I've said this publicly. If they would like legitimately like write me, write me a check and be like, we will send you money every year. I will be the first person to Same. get a fucking supercomputer implanted in my brain. I want, I want to be a robot. I'm I, mean, not, I don't care if it goes bad. Yeah, I give me you. You sign me like a sign me. Give me like a check that's like, all right, we, we will we will pay you five five million dollars a year or twenty million dollars. I don't year even to need that input. I don't even need I, that. Just, do it, do it. Although, and then I've seen the movie Upgrade though, and the movie like it makes me second guess it. But I also kind of don't. I wouldn't mind if the movie Upgrade happened to me, which is also a great movie. So okay, what are these implants supposed to do? All right. Well, the first of all, there's already like brain machine interfaces that exist that don't have to go into your head. Uh, it says these mach- brain machine interfaces detect neural signals via external electrodes or optical sensors attached to the skull or other parts of the body, such as the eyes. Such interfaces can manipulate thought and tran- uh, with transcendental electromagnetic pulses. Uh, these non-invasive devices, however, are only accrued mind reading and mind control abilities. Uh, tech firms are investing in more ambitious interfaces that work via electrodes implanted directly into the brain through holes drilled in the skull. The devices can read signals from and transmit them to neurons directly, potentially enabling the kind of precise mind reading and control envisioned in the Matrix and other science fiction fantasies. Uh, Facebook has funded research on both non-invasive and invasive brain-machine interfaces. So basically, yeah, they're trying to get it so that you can do stuff with your brain like and then like put illusions into your head about like like virtual reality and stuff basically like like the ready player one universe um but they already have brain implants that are supposed to do things that don't really work properly uh like there's implants designed to help treat uh, depression and other mental disorders um and they don't like it says they haven't lived up to the hype they don't work as well as they were like lauded that they would work so if they can't even help like treat depression by releasing like like stimulants and stuff in your brain, how are they going to be good enough to create detailed hallucinations and boost intelligence, memory, and cognitive capacity? So, so it's still quite a ways away. But this is something he he was talking about recently, a thing called the metaverse. I'm willing to try it. Yeah, you write me a check every month. I'm, hey, sign me up. I'll pretend I'm somewhere else. <laughs> but, I mean, that's it. I was just reporting on that because it was recent and I decided I should probably do some non-space science stuff. So this one's a technology one. So we don't yet have the technology for the <coughs> Ready Player One or the Matrix universe, but we're getting there, I guess. All right. Also, Sidebar on the Matrix, that new Matrix trailer looks awesome. I haven't seen it. I didn't even know they were ma- making a new one. They are making a new Matrix. Oh, all right then. With Keanu, it's awesome. It looks great. I can't wait. All right. I still need to get Rob to watch John Wick. Rob hasn't seen John Wick? No, he won't get past the the puppy death at the beginning. Oh, wow. I need you to watch Polar as well. Yeah, that's that other movie that you were telling us about with the sniper guy. Uh, I, don't I thought that was the one with the train that went to see Santa Claus. Oh, it's Polar Express. No. Polar Express. 
Uh, I want to send you off to go see Santa Claus. <laughs> send you send you away on a long trip. I will have you all know that Webby poked me several times in the ribs with a bat a few hours ago. <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't have it. That's true. After beating my chair almost to death. <laughs> Shall I tell everybody why I did these things? <laughs> I mean, if you want to bring no. it up again, sure. <laughs> All right. Do we have life advice with Devin? Yes, we do. Is it going to help me out? Yes, Webby, it will. Uh, so. I'm going to tailor this to you. Remember, Webby, always treat the outer self and the inner self like a duck in water. Calm above it, feet going crazy below it. That is my life. <laughs> Also, is that a screaming child in the background? Yes. I feel your pain. Yes. All right. Well, with that being said, that's it for us. Um, where can people find you on the interwebs there, Rob? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And where can people find you, Devin? Uh, I mean, you guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie and on Twitch and Mr. D3 and then find me on eBay um, swimming, kicking my feet like a little duck. Little duck. And as always, little everybody, duck. you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jacks Forest Walker, all one word on Twitch at DM Webby, and on uh, eBay at Putting Me in the Matrix. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We love you. Fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. No joke, though. If they wanted to pay me like a monthly thing and put me in like a hallucinatory matrix, I'm down.